0: Hello and welcome to Be a B2B Leader. I'm your host Felician, and today my guest is Nick Bennett, the director of evangelism and customer marketing at Alice and the creator of Rep Your Brand podcast. In this episode, you will learn more about personal branding, how it can impact your career and the company you work at. Nick will also share with us some practical advice you can use to start building your brand. And we will also learn if every business owner should start working on their personal brand if they want to have more influence on the market. So, Nick, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start with a different question at first. Like, when did you start building your personal brand? Because yeah. you show up everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I've worked hard for sure. So it's actually been, it was uh, two and a half Years or so. It was February Mm -hmm. of um, 2020. So what is that? We're probably a little bit of Yeah, about a year and uh, two years and a half right now. So Mm -hmm. it was something where I used to work for someone by the name of Kyle Coleman. He's very well known on LinkedIn as well um, on the sales side. And he was a fantastic leader to, to work for. And we were actually at our revenue kickoff. And um, we just kind of talked about LinkedIn and all the successes that he's seen. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, why don't you start posting and talking about field marketing? He said, no one talks about field marketing on LinkedIn. Like, you could help be the voice for that. And I love a good challenge myself. So <laughs> I was like, absolutely. I was like, let's do this. And um, for like six months straight, I just really talked about field marketing, nothing else.
0: And did you approach it with a plan? So, did you have a content structure, the post that you want to share and stuff like that? Or was it just, yeah, go in and write what's on top of your mind?
1: Yeah. So, I, I, I never had a content structure. I never had a content calendar. I never wrote anything down that I wanted to specifically talk about. It was more so whatever I thought of that day. Usually, when I was in the shower or something, I would try to remember it by the time I got to my phone. And um, I would just, Write it down and post it, and if it took longer than five minutes to write that post i would I wouldn't post it because then you start to get into that over analytical space yeah. where you start to over analyze is this what I meant like backspace, 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 type again, backspace, 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 <laughs> and you get in this like you get in this journey and you're in your own head, and I said, listen, I don't want any of these headaches. I just want to like post what's on my mind if this grammatical error is fine, they make an edit button for a reason. Um, and I just kind of, I did that. Like I still, I had no goals going into it. I had no plan. I just wanted to share other lessons that I learned around field marketing initially, um, to hopefully help others and also uncover the, the misconceptions of what it was to, to B2B organizations.
0: You are the first person I associated with field marketing. Cause I believe it's a term that's better known in the U S than in Europe, because, here there are some people that know what it is, but uh, yeah, I don't think that y- yeah, and can,
1: it. yeah, and I can yeah, t- and I can kind tell you a little bit of what it is, so field marketing, at least in b two b companies, like you are a revenue minded marketer where you're focused usually on middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel, so you're accelerating the opportunities and really capturing the demand that the demand gen team created. Um, and so, you know, they're focused on top of funnel, you're focused on those acceleration and those conversions to, to push things further down the funnel. It's, it's through a variety of tactics. So it's like, obviously people think field marketers are just events, but it's more than that. So it's like, you've got events, you've got content, you've got brand, you've got product, like you are bringing everything together collectively to work with the sales team. I would say that field marketing is actually the closest to the sales team out of any function within a uh mm-hmm. within an organization. And some companies have failed marketing teams of one. Some bigger companies have failed marketing teams of 20. Um mm-hmm. so, you know, it is a valued role in the companies and in, in marketing CMOs and VPs of marketings that know how to utilize it best, understand how it plays into to the revenue organization. Yeah. So the Let me
0: feel different in it it's like you focus only on a specific location let's say like one state that you take care of or
1: so usually yeah so early on i guess even before the pandemic so like pre covid it was always set up for the most part where there would be someone at least in the US that would do the east coast the central the West, and then there would be someone that did EMEA and then like APAC. And like, <laughs> that was kind of like, for, at least for most companies that I worked at, that was like the, the setup. And then as you grow, you could do like Northeast, Southeast, mid central, like all these different pieces. And uh, then you can break into different verticals if you're focused on tech and like SAS B2B, but then you want to get into FinTech, like it all, you know, it, it, you can do a lot. It's really just aligning with a specific sales team. Yeah. That's interesting. Like
0: I like to be close to revenue as a marketer. And I think that, yeah, there should be more field marketing in Europe or in Poland (laughs) at least. So yeah, but that's a different topic. I would like to ask you, what should every B2B leader know about personal branding? Because your brand is strong. Like, People know you in the marketing space. And yeah, please tell yeah. me more about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I feel like some people, I don't want to say that they get upset with the word personal branding. Like, it's, 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 I mean, in reality, it's you're building an audience for yourself and possibly the company that you work for ultimately what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for long-term success. So like for me, I never want to have to apply to a job again. And so Mm -hmm. that's partly the reason why I'm doing all this. Like say I get laid off today, which would be terrible, but unless I did something terribly wrong the last two and a half years, I could probably post something on LinkedIn and have like 40, 50 DMs of people saying, Hey, I have this opportunity, or how can I help you? Like, let me know. And like, that's why you're doing that. Like you're setting yourself up for that future success, because no one's going to work at the company that they work at forever. It's not like it used to be um, years ago. And I think it's important for like, for any B2B leader out there, I think it's important to know that like, empower the people in your company that want to create content empower them and like tell them it's okay because ultimately it's going to drive impact and revenue for the mm-hmm. company if you do it correctly like and i'm not saying like yo know, i would say 98% of the content that i create doesn't mention alice at all however mm-hmm. when everyone is clicking my profile and like they see the first place where i work is alice and they say what is that and they say oh I actually am interested in gifting myself, like, let me go take a demo. And how did you hear about us on the demo form, they will put my name or LinkedIn, or I've seen a a lot come through recently that said like TikTok, which I've been creating content over there as well. So I think it's important to empower these people, tell them like, it's, it's okay, and not just force feed them company bs that's like you have to basically share this webinar that we're doing like if you're going to let someone create content let them create content that they're passionate about and ultimately you know it's going to benefit both of you right now however whoever that employee is in creator it's going to benefit them for that long term
0: but do you think that everyone in the company should basically create their own brand because Everybody has something to say, but yeah. many people are just afraid of showing it in the public.
1: I I agree with you, and I mean I don't I don't I don't think it should be a requirement that everyone has to do it. I think it should be I think it should be something that if you want to do it, absolutely go go for it. But like, you know, you're never going to have 100% of a company want to do this. Outside mm-hmm. of maybe I feel like Refine Labs is probably the closest to 100% that you'll get. Um, and they don't even have a hundred percent And like, I mean, look at how many employees they have that, that post content on a regular basis. It's, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens, like, but for most companies, like, you know, uh, when you get into like engineers and like other departments outside of sales and marketing, like sometimes they don't want to, to talk about things or they feel like they don't have anything to, to share. However, like the things that I love the most that people share on LinkedIn is one, personal stories, things that you're, you know, projects you're working on, campaigns you're launching, um, different types of techniques that maybe you've been trying or experiments, because those are things where I feel like I can learn the most from. Like, if you say, I eat pizza today and I put pineapple on it, like, there's people and that- changed I, my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's people that like, you know, Justin Welsh could write that and he'd probably have like 3,000 likes on it. However, like, you know, he's worked hard to get to that point. And like, it's, it's, you know, you can't always deliver value. Like I post two times a day, and usually five days a week, um, occasionally on the weekend as well. But like, to deliver 10 posts that are constantly like full of value is hard. So do I mix in like, simple stuff like today i talked about um it's end of quarter in jumping on sales calls nothing i mean nothing earth shattering however it's something that i'm doing and i think it's important to like showcase those things
0: yeah and how did your brand actually impact your career because you said that you started building it over two years ago but if i remember correctly you are in that alice uh, for two years
1: yeah, it's, yes. Yeah. So I've been basically, I've been at Alice about a year and a half. So um, really what it's helped me do is just one, get to Alice um, and being able to, to create roles that I want within the organization has been really, really impactful. Um, opening up doors to conversations with other executives that I probably would never get a seat mm-hmm. at the table with. Like if I want to ping certain VPs of marketing or CMOs at some of the biggest companies around, I can send them a message and I'll usually get a reply within a few hours. Like that's powerful when you need someone like that um, and not to like sell them or anything, but just to ask advice yeah. or like you know certain questions. Um, it's also helped with different revenue streams. I mean, outside of it, like side hustles, like brand deals and being able to do some consulting on the side with ghostwriting and stuff like that. Like all these things have just kind of came together and it's created a really nice piece for me where like, I feel like I'm at a point where like, I really enjoy what I'm doing and everything that kind of comes along with it.
0: But how did your brand impact the, yeah, impact this directly? Because yeah. Yeah. People check so, the check your profile. They see that you work at the company. They mentioned that yeah, they stumbled yeah on the company because of your LinkedIn presence. But does it really drive so much revenue
1: that it's worth it? Absolutely. So I can tell you I will drive a million dollars myself in pipeline this year from just, So it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, just literally zero cost outside of my time. And for any executive that tells me that isn't worth it. I would like to talk to that person because they don't know marketing and I will fight them on that every single time. And plus, you probably don't want to work at a company like that if they don't empower you to be who you are and bring your authentic self there. But yeah, I mean, pipeline and it's easier for me. I'll be completely honest. We sell to marketers. I am a marketer. Mm -hmm. I have bought a product. I was actually an Alice customer before and so i've been using gifting in direct mail platforms for like seven years now so i understand the pain points that people are looking to solve how we can solve them how it fits into the bigger like ecosystem all those things and so when i can jump on a call and brainstorm and strategize marketer to marketer one they feel more comfortable because it's a marketer but two they're Mm -hmm. you know lots of times i'll get like oh yeah like i'll like I'll get a reply right away. And they'll be like, Oh, I see your content all the time on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, I'm definitely happy to talk to you. And like, it can move deals along quicker, like accelerate them. It can get into closed opportunities that may be lost out for whatever reason. It can help expand deals. So like, yeah, I think it's absolutely uh, critical. And I think that more and more executives are starting to understand that. And, Allow their employees to bring their their entire selves onto this platform and do you know their own thing and empower them to do that, and not have to be like yo you have to talk about the company ninety percent of the time. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. But does it also impact recruitment? So people
0: apply but, when you post about the new openings at your company.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. We we were just. Um, we had a director of product marketing role open recently and um, I posted about it on LinkedIn and I put my referral link on there because we get paid on referrals. Like, yeah, okay, if you want to pay me for people, I refer, sure. Um, and I had in, in like a couple of days, there was at least, I think it was like 30 something people that applied yeah. that like used my specific link um, and then, I mean, for roles now, like we built such a great brand within the company, not just myself, the entire team and everyone that mm-hmm. all the work that people are doing, like we get hundreds of applications for each role now. That's amazing because, uh, yeah,
0: everybody is struggling with finding the right talent and you just attract them. So you don't have to yeah. spend thousands for recruitment because right. people come to you.
1: hundred percent. I think that's, in, I think that's a, Underrated tactic or underrated piece of like building your personal brand is like the recruitment and the cost savings. That if you have a group of say five people or 10 people that are creating content, like think about that. Like, one, if you just have one person that's doing it, like and you see the success from it, but then if you amplify that and you have 10, 15, 20, 50 people that are doing it, like one, think about how much money. That you'd probably be saving on like paid search and like paid like paid mm-hmm. ads because you could be doing a lot through organic and probably driving a higher conversion rate.
0: You mentioned before that you're a marketer that's yeah, saying to marketers right now, and do you think that it would be best for companies to hire subject matter experts that yeah have yeah. been, for example, with their yeah, working for their ex clients? And I
1: think yeah. so. Yeah, I, th- I think I think subject matter experts, and I think this whole like you know, my role evangelism, like people like, what does evangelism mean? And like, when I think of an evangelist, like I think of people like Sangrum from Terminus and like mm-hmm. Ethan Butte and like Randy from, from Uber Flip. And like, you have these executives, it, even Chris Walker, consider him an evangelist, even though he's the CEO of a company. However, these executives are supposed to be doing that. Like that is part of their job. And what I wanted to do was be that subject matter expert, which, -hmm. Also ties into the evangelist piece, which for me is like jumping on prospect calls, jumping on customer calls, inspiring and educating in different communities and markets, doing podcasts like this, doing speaking sessions. So, one, you know, we're getting backlinks on a lot of the stuff that we're doing that's driving additional traffic. But two, like we're getting additional awareness. Like, I can't tell you how many times people post on LinkedIn and tag like me and then also tag Alice. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't even ask them to do that, but like think about all those additional eyeballs that they're driving because of that. Yeah. Like everybody, some,
0: yeah. Every time someone makes a ranking or whatever like that, they tag the person plus the company. So,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's free publicity at that point. So like the company should be very like grateful at that point, like that if they can build and empower people to do this, like, it's just, Think about like the cost. There's no cost outside of time, really.
0: Maybe training and copywriting because
1: some people need it. (laughs) That is that is true. And, and and well, and I think that you could create more of an employee advocacy type of thing. And that's something that we've done internally where myself and Alexine, who's on our sales team, we kind of got together and said, listen, she's really strong on like the LinkedIn side in the sales side. I'm strong on the marketing side. Let's come together and do something for the company and talk about LinkedIn 101 you know, imposter syndrome, all the mental barriers that you may come across and how do you overcome those? And um, we created a Slack channel internally. And the goal is to really just help brainstorm with other people, like where do they need help? and um i mean it's it's slowed down a little bit because we've had some people leave the company that were creating content but there's still i think there's still like probably 10 people in there and you know those 10 people could probably drive about like 20 to 30 million views on their content this year um so think about that i mean if you were to pay that in ad spend like you're paying probably a couple hundred thousand dollars yeah
0: and that's awesome like it's really a great approach because yeah, people feel supported by you. Like yeah. you have the experts in place. And if someone wants to start, they know who to reach out to and who will definitely help them. But let's say you have the expert in house, they want to create, start creating content. So how can people start building their brands? Is there a process so... they should follow or? whatever
1: yeah so so i wouldn't and and i i didn't take this approach so i i feel like weird saying this but like if i was to do it all over again now this is the way that i would do it i would find like 10 to 15 people that are like-minded that you want to learn from that are already creating content on a regular basis and people that you know they get a lot of eyeballs on their stuff And Mm -hmm. I would make sure to know what time they post every single day. And I would go show up on those people's profile and I would add some type of comment answering, you know, whether it's a something around the post that they did or answering the question or adding to the conversation, but like add something insightful, not just like a, Mm -hmm. I agree, emoji face, um, something like that. Add something of value because, and be one of the first people that do it because what's going to happen is all the hundreds and even thousands of people that come after and look at that post. They're going to see your comment first and they're going to be like, Oh, Nick. Okay. I like Nick's view here. I'm gonna like that. Oh, what does Nick do? I'm gonna go click his profile. Um okay, great. I'm gonna follow him, and maybe he doesn't create content yet, but you know, I'm seeing him show up on all these people I follow, and he's adding really insightful comments, like, I'm just gonna follow him, and so you're building that base before you have to start creating content on your own. And so what you can then do from there is take those comments and those insights that you've added on other content creators' stuff, and then just start to form your thoughts and create your own post off of that. Like the comment section in a lot of posts is the best way to get ideas for future content. And
0: sometimes when you start writing a content, that's, yeah, you can turn that idea right away into a post. Like even LinkedIn gives you that feature. 100%, yeah. How do you identify what you actually have to say? Because... Yeah, talking about the same things that everybody else does, like, <laughs> you won't
1: give
0: you chamber, the... yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Like, you should have a unique point of view. But I, I agree it. with you. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And like, it's interesting, because, you know, there was always that stat around that 1% of LinkedIn created content and posted on mm-hmm. a regular basis. And I read something recently that said, by the end of 2022, eh, it will be about 3 to 4%. Um, and so obviously Mm -hmm. more and more people are adding to the noise, more and more people are saying a lot of the same things. So how do you stand out? How do you be different? And some people will tell you not to, to niche down and talk about something specific. Mm -hmm. I did. I went down the field marketing path because again, you know, at the time, 600 plus million users and no one talking about it. Now there's almost 900 million users on the platform. Um, Mm -hmm. so like. I would probably stand for something. You don't have to niche down hundred percent, but like stand for something. Have a strong point of view and a strong narrative. It's just like marketing in general. Like it, it, like if your messaging and your narrative is strong and you can clearly articulate what you're trying to do, it 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 connects. It's you know you understand your your ICP that you're going after. And it's the same thing with LinkedIn. It's like you have to understand like who's like curate your feed, like who's the people you want in your audience. And you. that's why a follow button's there. Like, you know, I have a follow button. Like I only connect with certain people because I don't want to make my feed very noisy that like I just won't get value from it. Um. So that's, I mean, that's another whole story, but like, I think it's important to do all those things.
0: Do you think that the strong point of view will yeah, basically change your whole career? Like you can be controversial, but yeah. <laughs> it's not always about that
1: yeah i mean look look at people like gatano um mm-hmm. gatano is very you know very strong point of view he doesn't care what people think about him and uh he's one of the best people in seo out there um <laughs> and like i mean his results speak for himself and like he has that strong point of view and like again that's helped him and there's some people that like and i don't want you to i guess confuse or anyone listening confused that like A strong point of view means come across as like a jerk. Like Mm -hmm. I, I just mean strong point of view come across as something like you're a subject matter expert in like something that you know and that you can add to the conversation and talk about personal experiences versus just saying my cat is blue. Um, Or the sky is going to fall down like uh, it's it's fluffy stuff. And that's what adds to like the echo chamber. And I think it's important like, again, why I love the people that talk about things that they're working on on a regular basis, and the successes, the failures, the lessons learned, like, those are the types of pieces that I think do really well outside of obviously now it looks like everyone's posting a selfie um, of themselves, which I guess I need to start doing so. Yeah, everybody has a selfie now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: but the thing you said about personal experiences, like there are many people that have been in yeah, a specific industry for, let's say, 20, 30 years, and they know what's broken and they should say that publicly, but uh, yeah, they are afraid of criticism. Like, yeah. It, it, how can you deal it, with that?
1: It, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. I can tell you that because I've gotten a lot of hate over the years um, for different types of posts. And I think one thing that you have to realize is as soon as you hit post on any social media platform, whether it's professional, personal, whatever, there's going to be people that don't agree with you. Um, and I think you have to get over the fact that like, there will never be a hundred percent of the people that love your content and you may not hear of the people that don't like it, or they may be vocal and tell you, or they may comment and disagree with you in a disrespectful way or send you a DM. Um, and I think it's important to like, that sets a lot of people back. People don't like confrontation. They don't like Mm -hmm. to be dealt with like, tough situation sometimes. And then some people just don't give a crap. Like me, like at first it bothered me and at times it bothers me. And I'll give you a good example. I had, um I posted about driving G2 reviews probably a couple mm-hmm. weeks now, maybe a month or so. Yeah, um, I remember the post. Yeah, and yeah. so... I had so many people that told me I was unethical. I had one guy that DM'd me that was trying to get me fired from my job um, and then trying to yeah, he was trying to sue me for some type of thing. I don't know. It was it was weird. Um and like I had competitors of G2 that were trying to DM me telling me that like I was doing this wrong and like it was just it was literally the most hate that I've ever gotten in probably the two and a half years. And I've gotten like a fair share here and there. And I hear about a lot because people tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the first time where I was like, wow, like that was that was definitely interesting. But after a day, I I just kind of decompressed, stepped away from the platform. And like the next day I was fine. And some people that may, it may hurt them longer. And you think of people like on TikTok, you see these people go viral on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and you see these hateful comments on there. And you see it like, I've been seeing it more and more on TikTok where like you have these people that build these personal brands for themselves and they're so successful, they're getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views, if not millions per, per video. And you see these comments, because I go through the comment section on some of these Mm -hmm. and like, people are just absolutely like ripping these people to shreds. And like, you can tell because I see some sometimes these creators post videos of how it's affecting them from a mental health perspective. And um, it's, it's hard and you see people come and go all the time. There's people when I started creating on LinkedIn two and a half years ago, there's lots of people that started around the same time as me and they are like nowhere to be found anymore they just stopped. Yeah, like
0: if you start creating you will have to deal with confrontation cuz people will have different opinions and stuff like that. But exactly. And I think that some business owners are afraid of that and that's why they don't want to start that. Yeah, if someone criticizes them then they will yeah, it will yeah, backfire onto their company. Uh, yeah, clients will turn away from them and stuff like that. So, do you think that every business
1: owner should build a brand? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think I, I still think, yeah. And, and I don't think that they should be uh, maybe not build their brand, but building their brand and building a community, I think are two mm-hmm. different things. I look at LinkedIn as like a community. So like, those are people that follow me. Like they're my tribe. You know, you, you get a group mm-hmm. of people that like, you just, you bounce ideas off of. And I feel like business owners are in a similar situation where they start to find their tribe and you don't have to post on LinkedIn every day to build your brand. You can build your brand lots of other ways through reputation, through personal connections, through one-on-one meetings with others, through communities, um like external communities. So, I don't think that you have to when you say like when, you know, a business leader building their brand, I think, yeah, but I don't think that means that they have to post on LinkedIn every day. Could they add to the conversation Post from time to time? Absolutely. I mean, ideally they post and like, there's lots of executives and founders out there that are doing it. Um, but then there's some that just, again, like you mentioned, they they don't like the confrontation. They don't want it to come back to their customer base at all or like hurt them in any way. And I mean, you it's 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 tough it's it's you know it's something where i think it's worth experimenting
0: yeah like i'm a huge fan of the idea of building in public That, yeah if you are somehow developing your your business you can share this knowledge because yeah you will build trust b2b is a huge part is about trust and people will see what type of person you are and it's nothing new that people like to do business with people they like
1: exactly and that's that's another reason why I do what I do. Like I try to be a friendly person. Like I don't I don't call people out or I don't act like a jerk or anything like that. Like I just try to help one person a day because I know that like whenever I need that help and like full circle comes back around, like hopefully I can rely on these people that I've built relationships with, um, to help me in whatever way I need. And maybe it's through a job, maybe it's through a connection to, you know, break into their company to sell them something or like get a meeting or something like that, or accelerate a deal. You know, there's lots of ways to think about it. And again, like, like you said, people buy from people. and If you can be friendly, if you can add value, be someone that people like, they're going to you know, hopefully go out of their way to help you as well. I have one last question. It's not connect,
0: yeah, it's kinda connected with the topic, but a while back you had yeah, you were on a podcast with Chris Walker, and you talked about the idea of yeah a blend between sales and marketing, so that person that connects both and yeah he's not really in sales, he's not really in marketing, but is building their own brand, like can you tell me more about it, like how can it impact <laughs> business in the next years?
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause I was, I was just talking to Chris on the phone yesterday and, um, I was, we were were talking about sales and marketing, how we see like it blending and like, you know, B2B SaaS AEs, the way that they're selling, like lots of times, especially enterprise deals, is very much like they think it's about them. Like it's not like a team sport. Marketing's not involved, like CS, like it's not a team selling Mm -hmm. effort. And I think that's what it should be. And I mean, he is very much under the impression that like salespeople shouldn't be paid commission. And I was just like, lots of times, like, I don't, you know, it, marketers, I was like, you know, it would be nice if marketers were paid commission or accelerators or something. And so maybe it's like blending the two. And like salespeople should be marketers at the end of the day because they're outbounding. Like, you know, you should have that knowledge. And I feel like marketers are also salespeople. Like, I mean, I jump on calls all the time. Like, I'm out there trying to sell deals just as much as the AEs. And I can tell you that I will probably outsell. A lot of people, as a marketer, again, if we're marketing to marketers, it has to be a specific yeah. industry for this to work. Um, if it was IT or cybersecurity, I would be, I my my network would bring no value, which is why I stay in Martech now, um, because that's where my network, where I can bring the biggest value.
0: Yeah, but if you have a, let's say, a cybersecurity expert that starts, yeah, building his brand. And start showing how people can leverage yeah, a tool or framework, whatever. Then he will also attract clients. And exactly. I think, like, if we have those people that want to build their brands, like, the whole company will blend, kind of. That everyone can be a salesperson.
1: It, 100% with you. And I before I came to Alice, I worked for a company where we sold to engineers and developers. And... um. Within those engineers and developers, like our CTO was like, well, like he had 100, like 100,000 followers on Twitter and like mm-hmm. he was very engaged in the developer world. And um, we, people would literally line up to meet this guy and like we would use him as that subject matter expert to drive a lot of the business and revenue for the company. And again, it blends everything together. And he just happened to be an executive, but like again, he was someone that was out there, and he loved doing it and loved giving back to the developer community. Um, but like me, like they hated being marketed to. Like they, <laughs> I just had to put him in front of them, and we were successful.
0: Yeah, like developers hate marketing. Like that's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Nick, thank you so much for this interview. I learned a ton, and yeah, got a lot of valuable insights for others. So Thank please you tell me, yeah, tell me and the audience
1: where can people find you and yeah, how can you help yeah. them? <laughs> so I would say I would say LinkedIn is probably the best place. Um, if you're on TikTok, I've been trying to do more and more there as well. Um, find me, find me there. And if you want to learn more about Alice, we're a B two B gifting platform and did direct mail play uh, company feel free to reach out happy to demo the product myself again i've been a user for seven years can definitely uh show it like the back of my hand
0: awesome and one last question who should i interview next to learn more about
1: leadership or personal branding in b2b i would i would think maybe arthur castillo from chili piper oh. he's a good guy yeah
0: i will definitely invite him because I've heard the name a few times. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good friend of mine. Awesome. So, Nick, thank you very much for today. Thank you. It was great. And see you on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be a B2B Leader. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Also, if there is something you would like to learn, let me know. After all, we are building a knowledge base for B2B.